0: You're a monster! Welcome in to another episode of the Football Monsters Podcast. You got your hosts, Caleb. We got Devin on the line. And back by popular demand... We got the deucer. What's up, boys?
1: What's going on, man? What's up, party people? <laughs> deucer is back.
2: Yes. yes. I've been didn't... dropping too many deuces for too long and now we're now we're here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we've missed you. We're really excited to have you back and glad to know that uh things are moving in a positive direction um but real quick guys hey you want to come hang out with us you want to chat with us ask us some questions again we're going to have a A coming up next week so don't miss out we're going to have all of your questions answered live on the podcast you can find us at the monsters fb on all of our social media pages but boys we got a lot to talk about today so we need to jump right in monster news first things first I know we brought us up uh, last episode, uh, you and I did, Devin, and uh, Deucer, you can chime in here now too, but we were talking about Najee Harris possibly being a buy low candidate. It's now come out that Warren might be getting that many more touches. Makes me a little nervous that he might not even a buy be a buy candidate at all. He might be in the next few weeks a possible drop candidate. So Devin, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think you're, uh, I mean, unless you're in a a very shallow league, there's no way I'm going to be dropping my first round or second round pick. (laughs) Um, he's, he's going to be a stash guy and hope that Warren, you know, um, you know, falls off a little, or that maybe Harris finally starts getting his act together. Um, if you can definitely move him, you might look at it, but I mean, more than anything, I think he's going to be someone you just kind of have to stash and you just kind of have to, you know, eat it. The fact that he, you know, you spent all that on him and now he's not doing anything. Um, But I don't know if it's just this offensive line issues. I don't know if it's, you know, um, that Liz Frank injury that he dealt with, right. You know, coming in from the preseason and then that like what first or second week, he kind of tweaked it a little more. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's still kind of dealing with that or what's going on here, but yeah, Najee definitely just, you know, he's a he's a big drop off from last year, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, man, it's really disappointing. I mean, Caleb, what do you even think? Is he even worth trying to even trade like what value do you think you can even get back for him?
2: I mean, you gotta look, you gotta kinda look in the league, like kind of Devin was saying. Um, I know pretty much all of my leagues, he was a pretty high potential candidate. I mean, he went pretty quick within the first four rounds. Yeah. So I mean, it's just kind of depending on whether you think he's going to either be better within the next coming weeks based on the Steelers schedule that and truthfully the Steelers schedule really doesn't clear up until <laughs> about week 10 <laughs> right i mean their next few games they're very, they're facing Tampa Bay, Miami and then Philly yeah and then they have a bye so i'd say that i'm going kind of off of Devin here i'd say keep him stash him away after that bye week let's hope that there can be something done by Mike Tomlin and the offense there, but As of right now, I would not play him I wouldn't even try and trade him and with if there's anybody in the league with this Common sense grain in their mind They wouldn't take him for anybody
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's the thing that you know, I unfortunately I didn't even take my own advice and not I you know When we were doing our rankings one of the big things I talked about is don't draft naji harris this year And in one of my leagues I drafted him because he dropped so far um in the first I still got him in the first round, but he dropped to like the tenth spot. Tenth or eleventh spot is where I was at. And so I got him there and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. I'll take a shot. And I'm regretting every minute of it so far. <laughs> and I just yeah, don't okay. think I can trade him. I've tried trading him and no one is interested. So it, it is gonna be he's he's not gonna be stashed on my bench and I'm playing Damian Pierce, you know, over him right now, which is which is crazy to say. Um next thing Pete Carroll. I seriously, Caleb or Deucer, whatever, you know, what what the heck is going on here? But Pete Carroll came out and saying that Drew Locke is now possibly competing for the spot over Geno Smith in the Seahawks quarterback room. Does this make any freaking sense? Because Geno's been legit so far.
2: I mean, to me, truthfully, it doesn't at all. I mean, if you looked at his previous games, Geno, Geno Smith's, he's putting up very, very good numbers. I mean, it might not be the best numbers. He might not be the best quarterback in the league, clearly. But I mean, you look at some of the previous games and there's only a few games. There's two games that I'm looking at right now that he has below 200 yards. Right. And it was the very, it was week one and week two. After that, he's just been, I mean, truthfully, he's just been killing it. He only has two interceptions on the year mm-hmm. with nine touchdowns.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And to have Drew Lock coming from Denver and really poorly underperforming there. Pete Carroll saying that is one of the craziest things I've heard all week.
0: Yeah. So Devin, I mean, tell me this because Russell Wilson doesn't even have those numbers. Ironically, and the reason we bring it up because they basically essentially swapped places. So,
1: along with a lot of draft picks, you know, <laughs> right, right? I mean,
0: minus the draft picks and the tight end and whatnot, but they basically swapped places, and one is seeing a lot more success than the other. And I look at Russell Wilson, he's got four touchdowns of three picks on the season versus Geno's nine to two. I can't imagine a world that would say, Yeah, I'm going to take him out and play Drew Locke.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to is one, Pete Carroll wants doesn't want anyone to get comfortable. He's always been that kind of coach. Mm-hmm. He wants to push his players. Um, so if Gino feels that there's a competition there, maybe it's gonna help push him a little further um and make him, you know, uh kind of step to that next level that he needs to. Um, at the end of the day, though, even with how well he has been playing aside from the San Francisco game, which I mean San Francisco's defense is pretty solid, um he uh they're two and three and pete carroll wants to win so if you know he sees something at practice and thinks that you know drew lock might be that guy that's going to help you know push him over the edge i mean what what's it going to hurt to throw him out there in a game and kind of see what he does and i think that's kind of the thinking uh, that uh, uh pete carroll's at with it
0: yeah i almost thought it was like smoke and mirrors type like i just yeah. thought it was a competition thing I, I, I could again i can't imagine him actually pulling the trigger on this but you know what he shocked me before right and more shocking, and I, I and kind of funny, but Ron Rivera came out and was talking about how Carson Wentz—it's basically his fault that they're not winning football games. Now, keep in mind, I know for a fact, Devin, you're not a Carson Wentz fan, being, <laughs> being a Colts fan um, to begin with, and what he did down there. But we know that Carson Wentz isn't the most amazing quarterback. But once again, like, dude, he's got he's got ten touchdowns on the season now. He's already got six interceptions. But what were you expecting? I mean, in the offseason, there wasn't a ton of quarterbacks to go get, but there was better options than Carson Wentz. So either you couldn't bring him in, but you made that choice as the head coach to bring Carson Wentz in. So does Ron Rivera even have a leg to stand on here? Or was that just a complete cheap shot by the head coach?
1: No, I mean, in my opinion, what that is, is a coach whose team is not doing well. And rather than taking the blame for it and understanding, you know, that they've had some injuries and they've got some things that still need to iron themselves out. He just immediately goes and throws the newest addition to the team just because he has had a few, you know, like he said, you know, a couple of two interception games. He's had some fumbles, you know, he's he's definitely had his issues, but I mean, he's I'm, I'm trying to see if I can see what's his total yardage right now. Like it's 1390. 1390, 10 touchdowns, 1390. Yes, you know, the six interceptions, but I mean, he's not playing awful. What quarterback nine, I believe, is what mm-hmm. I'm showing here. Yep. I mean, he's playing pretty solid compared to some of the things they've had in the past. Yeah, um, and for for a guy like the, the leader that everyone on the team looks to, you know, a, a coach is supposed to be that guy that helps you know mold everybody. He's supposed to be the guy that helps give you that confidence when you've kind of lost it. For him to come out and say that to a guy like Carson Wentz, who already has been like wavering since his injury in the, in uh, Philadelphia when they brought in a, you know, another quarterback, they brought in Hertz Mm -hmm. and then he goes to Indy and then Indy lets him go. I mean, the guy just needs someone to have his back and for for Rivera to do that. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Wentz's play. I mean, it could go one of two ways, but I could honestly see Wentz's play really dropping here, knowing that he doesn't have the, you know, coaches backing.
0: Yeah. That's it's, it's disappointing, but even to a more disappointing point, this Devontae Adams news, Caleb, <laughs> I'm sure you watched that video. I'm kind of more pissed off at the photographer than I am Devontae Adams. Um, I don't know what to really think of this. I Look, yeah, he shoved him. But in my opinion, he shouldn't have been moving. And he has a helmet, a football helmet on. As far as peripheral vision goes, he probably saw something moving in his direction, was like, I don't know what's going on, and just kind of pushed the person out of the way. Now, the part that I do get frustrated with is he didn't help him up when he realized what took place, but he just lost a very big kind of game, you know, division game, rivalry, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of get it. But the fact that the guy went out and filed a police report, and then the, and I hate to say this because we're all, all three of us are in Missouri. But the audacity of the Kansas City Police Department to actually file a misdemeanor (laughs) assault charge on him is some BS. What -hmm. are your thoughts on that, man? (laughs) Like, what the heck?
2: I mean, I think nothing less than putting myself in that photographer's shoes right now in the amount of money that I could get out of it. <laughs> yeah. I truthfully think that photographer was not in it for anything else but to run up his stacks, and get his money and get out of there. I mean, you got you got shoved to the ground by one of the NFL's best wide receivers, arguably the best. You know he's got money.
0: Yeah. You what just he's got he huge does. pay. You got a huge pay. Huge
2: pay. I don't know the exact numbers on it, but he just, I mean, the photographer wanted nothing more than money. Yeah. And I think it was just showing the photographer's greed and pettiness at that point. And Devonte Adams, I don't think he meant out of ill will. Mm-hmm. I just think he just, he was just going, he was pissed off about the game. So yeah. he was just trying to go to the locker room. That's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, man, I, I agree. And Devin, you brought up something that was really interesting too. And I want you to speak to this because we were chatting about this off air earlier. Um, how does this kind of affect the rest of the league? Go into, go into that little, uh, go into that for me.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's one of those things like you have the guys like your, uh, you know, your pass rushers that feel like they can't tackle a quarterback right now. Um, They're getting flagged for unnecessary roughness like crazy. You've got a guy who is upset clearly because he that's a game they thought they should have won. You had the most ridiculous defensive holding call I've ever seen on a field or a, a punt still don't understand that call. Um, it's just been one thing after another with bad calls and with players like feeling like they can't play, but then you've got guys trying to be, you know, they're just upset about a loss. If you watch that video from that back angle, like where you're back right behind Devonte, mm-hmm. you can't even see that guy. Like you said, it's like, you have no peripheral. He's there. He pushes him and just kind of like what? And even the guy that's like escorting, you know, the security guard escorting Devonte, he's kind of got his hand on his back. Like, go ahead, keep going. So Mm -hmm. it's not like he could stop and do anything anyway. But these players are going to get to the point where they don't want to play, where they don't want to do anything because like it's getting to this like they're not allowed to do this. They're not allowed to do this. They're not allowed to do that. Like we've even talked about, you know, quarterbacks are going to have to just start wearing flags, you know, and if you don't pull the flag, it's a penalty. Right. Like it's just it's just getting out of hand where these uh, like I, I honestly would not be surprised to see some kind of strike happening.
0: Man, and I would, I would, I don't want to see that, obviously, and I'm sure the deucer doesn't want to see that either, but, like, I agree with you, though. someone asked me the other day, you know, hey, do you think the NFL will still be around in in 100 years, and and my reply was, I don't know if it'll be around in 50, Like, like, let alone 100, because I'm right there with you. I just think that there's so much just crap going on with just really bad referees and really stupid calls and not guys, don't get me wrong, man. The Tua situation is terrible, but that's more on doctors than it was players. You know, and I'm, again, I'm all about player safety, but it's still football. And I always come back to this old adage. Okay, I played sports. You guys played sports. Okay. My, my mom used to bring up this this notion to me because I used to, you know, I've had my fair share of injuries. I, I tore my knee. My knee still jacked up from when I tore my my ACL and stuff. But my mom used to tell me, she goes, if you wanted to play the sport, It was your choice. I gave you the choice to either play or not play. You chose to play. Whatever else happens, you have to take it. If that's an injury, if that's success, and if that's not success, anything that comes, it's on you. Okay? Now, at the end of the day, she made it clear that no matter what direction goes, if you have success, if you don't, if you're hurt or if you're not, I'm going to be there to support you. But at the end of the day, I made the choice. These players made the choice. I pass that. I just don't get it. You know, like I have no idea, you know, why all this other crap is happening, but I think at, for Devonte Adams, I think that misdemeanor crap needs to get pulled. I, again, I think the audacity on, on that police department's a joke and I'm sure as a lawyer, we're going to take him care of. Um, but total crap, but enough about our monster news. And, the, you know, first off guys, Put in our, uh, go to our comments, go onto our Twitter page. Let us know your thoughts on that Devonte Adams thing. We'll put a post out tomorrow. We'll hashtag it, and uh, let it, let us know because we think that's total BS. I'm sure you guys too. Um, again, you can follow us at the Monsters FB and all of our socials pages. Um, but real quick, we're gonna talk about some running backs. All right, these running backs, we're gonna talk about some guys that we know were drafted fairly high probably in the top 4 rounds if if not earlier maybe 3 and are just not just struggling. And then we're going to talk about some running backs that are surprisingly just having stellar seasons. So, let's jump out first. James Conner. I know James Conner was somebody coming in because of the fact that he had so many freaking touchdowns last year that he was he was highly touted as a as a solid draft pick for fantasy. What is going on with this Arizona offense that's causing you know, James Conner to just look like crap. Caleb, you're up. What
2: you think? You know, I think a lot of it is the D-hop suspension. When the Cardinals were hot last year, DeAndre Hopkins was playing good. That's pretty much the core of that team. James Conner just hasn't been producing because Arizona's offense as a whole hasn't been producing. Kyler Murray really doesn't have too many targets downfield compared to having DeAndre Hopkins on the field with him he can't really rely on a strong running game because James Conner isn't getting the touchdowns he was last year, like you just mentioned. I think the whole thing about it is DeAndre Hopkins was and still is the leader of that offense, even though Kyler Murray really should be. But I mean, with DeHop being out still, I don't think the Cardinals are producing like they should.
0: So yeah, I definitely agree. And, and Devin, uh, you know, again, let's, let's, let's chat this too, because yeah, DeHop's out. They lost Christian Kirk. You know, no offense, guys. I can't imagine Kirk being just a huge focal point of that offense because he really wasn't, but he's doing pretty, pretty great things over in Jacksonville. But they brought in Marquise Brown, and Marquise Brown's been having some, some very solid, you know, receiving work games. But I look at James Conner and, you know, he's getting majority of the snaps, but his yard per carry, man, is crap it is just not very, I mean, it's 3.7, which doesn't sound terrible, but it, it it's not great. And he's got one touchdown on the year guys. Yep. One. So Devin, what do you think going on with
1: James Conner? I mean, I mean, we knew regression was going to come. Uh, yeah. 18, 18,
0: but we didn't think in week five, are we going into week six? We'd be talking about one touchdown.
1: <laughs> yeah. But he also was not the focal point of that run game last year. Chase Edmonds was still there last year. mmm that gave that change of pace back that was a different play style than Connor to where Connor doesn't really, and like from what I've you know kind of watched through him, he's not really that receiving back per se. He's, he's more of that bruiser back. He's going to get those, you know, short yardage carries and occasionally be able to bust through there. Um, I definitely think Deandre Hopkins not being there is, is, is a big, you know, hurt for them and Hollywood Brown coming in. I thought he was going to be, you know, uh, Ducer mentioned the fact that Murray hasn't really took a lot of the shots downfield. Like, that's where Lamar Jackson almost thrived with Hollywood Brown. And so the fact that that's not being utilized in this offense is really kind of surprising to me as well. But for me, one thing I kind of look like and look at too, and I know it's the running joke in the league too, is if it's a double XP weekend on Call of Duty, Kyler Murray's going to play bad. I mean, not only has it been double XP weekends a lot, it's a whole new uh, war zone just came out. And you, you have to wonder like, is that affecting Murray's play as well? We had the whole, the, you know, the fact of that there was in the contract that he had to watch game film and that got took out of there. Is he not holding up to any of that stuff? And is he not being that leader that he needs to be by not, you know, preparing for the games and preparing his teammates the way they need to is really the big issue here. Is it just Kyler Murray?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a very solid point, too, because I know that ended up getting taken out of the contract because of the embarrassment that, it you know, shined on the organization. But it was made very clear that Carolyn Murray wasn't the leader, which is why they wanted him to do all this stuff. But it wasn't the leader really? that they thought he was going to be. And so maybe it is him. You know, I know that he's had some okay games, but, like, I mean, it's not <laughs> – he's he's 15th in yards. He's 15th in touchdowns with six he's 22nd in deep ball con, um completion percentage and then he's 22nd in air yards per game. I mean, I don't think we need to really say anything else. So if if he can't get it done in the air, then yeah, James Conner's not going to be able to do much <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um let's run through just a few more and then uh and then we'll move on. So let's chat someone having a great season and I look, I I'm bringing this up because I'm freaking excited. I, you know, it's always a good thing when you get something right. Um, but Damian Pierce, guys, Damian Pierce is having one hell of a season. And again, keep in mind, guys, yeah, that's in Houston. I get it. But you know what? <laughs> he's looking so good. He's wide receiver. I want to say he's nine on the season now. Um, but Devin, Running back. Yeah, running back. Sorry. Thank you. Running back nine on the season <laughs> now. Um, But Devin, what do you think is contributing to this success? Because there's not much on that team, and it's not very good. So how is Damian Pierce still getting the job done?
1: Simply for the fact that he does not want to go down. Um, I want to say against the Jags this past week, um, there was like, he had, I think it was like 99 yards. And I want to say, I could be wrong on this stat. I don't have it right in front of me here, but I want to say it was like 90 of those yards were after contact. That's crazy like that that's all all he's doing and i mean you know it's something we've seen you know in previous seasons even last year you know from jonathan taylor um you know and nick chubb's doing it this year as well i think at one point nick chubb leads in rushing yards and then is like third in yards after contact like even on overall total yards um you know that's where you're going to get those guys that are still going to be able to perform even when your team's not doing anything uh week one davis mills against the colts kind of looked you know, like he was going to be decent. I was like, okay, is this Texans team going to be something? But he, you know, like you said, they had nothing. I mean, even Brandon cooks, who's like seems to always be a thousand yard receiver seems to have disappeared this year. But I mean, the Pierce is, he's just, he's running solid. He's putting his head down. He's bouncing off, you know, guys and he's carrying three and four guys in a pile. And I mean, if he can keep that up, he's going to, you know, consistently be this RB one all year, regardless of how bad the Texans are.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm one again, man. I'm so excited. He, he was a huge fan of him, you know, coming into camps and he, he's really just shining bright. Um, do, sir. I got one for you. All right. Zeke Elliott. Okay. We know what Zeke is. We know what Dallas is. They've always kind of had that run first mentality. Obviously with Dak Prescott, it's kind of been with, you know, now with Cooper Rush, it's kind of been more of a passing situation, a little bit more heavily than I thought it was going to be. Um, but what the heck is going on with Zeke? Like, is the Zeke Dallas, you know, love fest over? Or is he just not playing up to par? Like, what's going on with Zeke and why is he like RB 36 on the season?
2: I think, honestly, still it was the connection between Zeke and Dak. Yeah. I think there was a beautiful connection there. And I mean, you look at the first years that they've been there together, he had multiple thousand plus rushing yard seasons. I mean, even last year he had a thousand plus rushing yard season as well. Um, Dak was out last year though. Correct. Yeah. He
0: did some time last year too. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know how much though.
2: I don't, I just don't know if it's because of the new offense, everything like that with multiple guys getting traded away or signed, picked up everything like that. But right now, I mean, he's only got 300 yards on the season one touchdown on the season he's averaging 3.8 yards a carry it's not the numbers that we expect out of a guy like Zeke Elliot right. it's just not
0: and to clarify real quick he's 37 on the season not 36 <laughs> but point be, point still being you know yeah the, yeah, it, yeah it's been terrible man I mean and we know the emergence of Pollard this year too but like he looks slow right like he <laughs> looks really freaking slow
2: yeah man and I don't I don't know if it's because he gained weight in the off season or something like that, but I mean, (laughs) he's just underperforming. I can't, I can't put a word on it. I can't put a finger on it, anything like that. I'd rather have, I'd rather start Tony Pollard than him. And I did actually in multiple times.
0: Yeah. I mean, Devin, I know we talked about this briefly too. Is it all Tony Pollard or I I can't look, I understand how good Tony Pollard has been this season. You know, he's got a 5.6 average you know, rushing, he looks just a lot better, but is it just because he's playing so well that Zeke looks like garbage or is there something else that could possibly go be going on with Zeke? I,
1: I mean, to say just this year though, I mean, last year he had 130 attempts for 719 yards at a 5.53 yards per carry Pollard was yeah. the better back last year. I mean, yes, like Zeke, you know, still broke a thousand yards last year, But Pollard has just been more efficient in a sense. I mean, what he came in in 2019 with 5.29 yards per carry, then 4.31, 5.53. And right now he's got 5.64 this season.
2: Mm -hmm. He
1: breaks off for big runs. Mm -hmm. That's where I see Zeke really hurting is it doesn't seem like Zeke can like take that big play anymore. I've seen him have like, I think one or two good breakaways, but he gets caught or he just, you know, he, he just, he's gassed. He just doesn't seem like he has a lot left in the tank anymore. And honestly, I just think it's, you know, Zeke's just getting, you know, a little, what, what is he now in his seventh season or yeah, seventh season, 27. I just think he's just starting to slow down. I, I all that, all that usage, at, uh, in college, the usage that they had to rely on him his first few years there in Dallas, I think it's just all catching up to him.
0: I mean, that makes sense, man. I mean, it's disappointing to see. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's gained weight, but you know, he used to do that little spoon like feed me thing Maybe he was just overfed. I don't know I mean <laughs> That clearly could just be it but I mean Every year he's finished as a number one right now. He's not even freaking close I mean he's just not even close and his yards per carry is at a three seven seven Which if you look at the rest of his career like his seasons, he's usually above four Yeah. So it is just, it's very interesting. All right. Last guy we're going to chat about. Let's do this one because it was the most shocking to me. And I apologize um, in advance because we do have more, but we'll, we'll discuss them another time. Miles Sanders. All right. I feel like Miles Sanders is having a season that not only did I not foresee happening, um, but he even came out preseason. It was like all of you fantasy football players, um, don't draft me this year <laughs> you know because like he's just been playing such crap the last few seasons and somehow he's finishing at a, at a number one pace now Devin, we understand we love Jalen hurts. they got AJ Brown they have Devonta Smith they've got a pretty decent offensive line. is Miles Sanders just the benefactor of all of this coming in and being able to just, have enough on the the other side in the passing game that he's just going to be now going to be able to be a solid rusher? Or did something change this offseason that has made him more efficient?
1: Well, I mean, I think definitely having uh, a quarterback who not only can run the ball, but also can actually get it downfield. And is you know, I mean, Jalen Hurts, we, we've talked about this. You know my stance on this. He could easily end his uh, QB1, you know, at yeah. the end of the year especially with the weapons they brought in and bringing AJ Brown and the connection that him and Devonta Smith have. Um, I think Miles Sanders simply coming out, telling people not to draft him. He didn't want that, you know, the Twitter feed every single week of man, I drafted you in the first, I drafted you in the second. Why, why aren't you putting up points? Like I can only imagine what it's like to be a guy like, you know, and, and I'll get into this a little bit here a, uh, with a player here, but like a guy like Jonathan Taylor, the one oh one position pretty much in majority of drafts or even CMC kind of went back and forth between them. And if you underperform or if you have some bad weeks, I mean, all you're going to see online is articles being wrote about you about how bad you're playing and this and that. So if you tell people from the start, like, listen, like we're a pass first team, don't, don't draft me. Like, you know, I'm just going to do my part. And you, you come in with that low expectation. I mean, anything that you do from that point on is going to look good, but I mean, he came in in 2019 averaging 4.57 yards per attempt and then 5.29 And last year was 5.5. Like, I mean, he puts up really good yards per carry regardless last year he had zero rushing touchdowns. You know, he already has three this year. That's just the big difference between this year and last year is the fact that he's actually finding the end zone.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and so, so Deucer, here's my thing too. And let me pull up his stats. Um, actually Devin pull it, pull it up real quick while I chat, uh, hey. pull up, uh, Jalen Hurts's um, Jalen Hurts stats for last year, okay. uh, um, last year. Yeah. For last year. So okay. yeah, you look at, you look at miles Sanders. He had a 5.5 average, which again, isn't terrible. He had 137 attempts, which is not good. That's, that's a problem. Now he only played in 12 games. Um, also not good dealing with injuries, but yeah, he didn't find the end zone and Correct me if I'm wrong, Devin, as you look this up, and I'm going to send this over to you, Deuce, but Jalen Hurts had a crap ton of rushing touchdowns last year, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he had, I mean, in all reality, yes and no. He had 10 last year. He did have 100. He had 139 attempts. The reason I say no, he has six rushing touchdowns this year already.
0: Ah, See, then yeah. So, because I was going to say last year, I remember like Jalen Hurts just taking off a lot on the ground and he was doing a lot. Early like in within that five yard range. He was running a lot in um, And that can can definitely contribute to your running back obviously not getting touchdowns But yeah miles sanders this year man. He's got three on the year He still doesn't have any receiving touchdowns He hasn't had a receiving touchdown since his rookie season Which is very shocking because he can catch the football. I want to make that very clear. He he can catch But he's just getting it done on the ground. So deuce to me or to, well, to you do you think Jalen Hurts being able to be such a mobile quarterback is allowing him to have more freedom because we also had Jalen Hurts last year. Or do you think it's those wide receivers coming in and just having more of a passing attack, more of an all around attack that's allowed Miles Sanders to be able to be successful?
2: I think it's for sure having those wide receivers be that threat downfield. I mean, if I'm a defense, if I'm a defender, I'm for sure going to defend the pass first against the Eagles. No matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no matter what. And I mean, you look at the offense right now, it's a bunch of dogs. You have a bunch of dogs. It is the dog pound up there right now. Well, that's Cleveland, but it's fair. Or, well, you know, they're the new dog pound. (laughs) (laughs) They're dogs. (laughs) Now they're the dogs. I deemed it.
1: uh, I deemed it. Yeah. Okay. Deucer says, (laughs) <laughs> the, the, Brown, the browns are the brownies now remember no yeah that's the right, brownies. The
2: brownies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, i mean jalen hurts i feel like since this is his third season in the nfl right now mm-hmm. i feel like he's finally got his bearings straight a hundred percent yeah i i feel like he's got the threats that he needs i feel like his running backs performing at the highest rate miles sanders is a dog and i feel like i mean i feel like the eagles are super bowl contenders 100%.
0: Well, I'm mean, the only right. undefeated team left, right? So, and I don't see that changing this weekend either. Um
1: well, that's what I was actually gonna, I was going to say here. You 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 talked about a little before air about me taking hot takes and stuff. I'm, I got a question here for Deucer actually. All right, here we go.
0: Here comes do the big you, deuce of the week. Is that what this is? The big deuce <laughs> of the week.
1: Do Just, do you do you think that we could see an undefeated season here from the Eagles with this offense that they have?
2: Man, Let me pull up their schedule real quick. (laughs) Give me one second and I will but I mean at this point right now, yes. A hundred percent yes.
1: The the thing is, is not only do they have a, a guy in Miles Sanders who's rushing the ball really well. I mean, Jalen hurts is rushing well as well. His yards per carry is down, which I like because that tells me that he's not trying to push the play out further where he can get hurt. Right. That tells me, you know, so he's, he's learning that he has the other teammates and that he has to stay healthy. They brought in, of course, AJ Brown, you know, to be that counterpart to Devonta Smith. They still have Dallas Goddard. Who's one of the most consistent tight ends in football. And then they made some huge plays on defense and, Nikobe Dean went to the Eagles, right? And we still don't even have him playing yet because he's still coming off that injury. Seeing third string reps. So he's he's starting to practice again. And, you know, that's just, I mean, that guy is an absolute animal when it comes to de- defense. If you watched him at Georgia, you know, and especially in the bowl game and stuff, throwing him in as the season goes on to just to this already pretty studly defense. I just, man, I, I, I could see it.
2: Adding on to that, I'm looking at the schedule right now. Truthfully, they don't have a tough matchup until week twelve. Who's that And week that's 12? against the Packers. Oh uh, yeah. And after that, they've got Titans, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, and Saints. The Giants have a really good, really good record right now. But do I think they can t- contend against the Philadelphia Eagles' offense? No, mm. no way. And as much as I love to say it, I mean they're playing they're playing the Steelers week eight. Steelers are about to get worked. Mm -hmm. They're playing, I mean, playing Colts week 11. Sorry, Devin. Colts (laughs) are about to get worked. (laughs) So, I mean, their schedule, one, their schedule might be one of the easier schedules in the league this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they've got some dogs, man. Well,
0: here's the thing, man. There are two teams, it looks like, that are in the top five of both offense and defense. And one of those is the Bills, and we knew the Bills would be there. But the yep. other ones is the Eagles. Yep. The Eagles is the second-rated offense in the league, and they're the fourth defense, fourth-ranked defense, defense in the league. Not too shabby, guys. <laughs> Not too shabby. Well, hey, all of you out there, let us know. Do you think you agree with the big deuce of the week and that the Eagles are going to go undefeated? Their schedule does look pretty freaking easy, guys. It would make sense that they could pull it off. Does that also mean that they're going to be, what, the first team in quite a while to go 18 0 with a Super Bowl ring? If at all, let us know. Find us at the Monsters FB on all of our social media pages. Um, but until next time, thank you guys again for listening to another episode of the Football Monsters Podcast. See you next week. See you guys. on you. No, I'm just telling you the facts. Oh, these chains can keep me down. Yeah. I can be rude, be in the mood, I can be rotten I can be cool, man like a fool, but never forgotten. Creeping in the dark, waiting for you.
1: we